You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Our Wednesday show, we have AJ Black here from Locked On Boston College. There is no better place to get all of your ACC conference news than the Locked On ACC podcast, hosted by me and my crew. Listen, follow the Locked On ACC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. We got a fun-filled show today, of course, Wednesday, so you know what that means. We got our power rankings from AJ. AJ, I hope that we've shaken the table a bit because week three was a bit challenging. Uh, I... My my lead on my article was the ACC can say is consistently inconsistent. Yeah, for sure. It's it's amazing to me. Like every week, I get excited about it. I build up the hype of these games. I'm talking to you guys, and I'm pumped. And then it's just it's low key lackluster. I'm like, okay, guys. Like I understand that we're not you know superior SEC over here, but at the same time, I still still felt like going into the season we had some quality teams. It's not really panning out like I thought it would. It's like every team it's every week has their, their week to be really great. And then every team has their week to just uh, climb aboard the struggle bus and uh, fly along the uh, inter, inter, interstate highway to, um, to Loserville. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, let's get right into these rankings here. Of course, we don't want to waste any time. I would love to start out with the top five. Of course, right. we know, you know, people who are going to do great. So let me know the top five. You can roll them off. You can start five to one or you can go one to five. I'll let you choose today. You know what was so hard about this was that like number one was so clear. Mm-hmm. And number 14 was so clear. And then every other one, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to redo this over and over again. And <laughs> I I must have changed my power rankings up like five or six times because I just could not settle on where certain teams fell. So yeah. number five for me was UVA. Now, okay. UVA got spanked by UNC this weekend, letting up 699 yards. That was the bad news. Good news. They put up 574 yards, but that doesn't matter because their defense could stop anything. Um, Based off of that, you would think I would put them lower, but they have a quality win in Illinois in there, or at least a out of conference win. So they're going to get a little higher for me in this one. Um, They sort of hung in there with UNC a little bit, even though UNC, um, in the third and fourth quarter, kind of blew them away. I, I, I like Brennan Armstrong. That defense scared me. They look terrible. Um, but they're my number five, and that tells you where the ACC is at. <laughs> well, I think that Brennan Armstrong is certainly making his case for being one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. I think he definitely was st- stood toe-to-toe with Sam Howell, who was earlier in this season and part of a preseason, at least, Heisman conversation. But you're right. The defense definitely was crazy. We had some, you know, cheap shots, late hits, all this good stuff going on, and that you just – think it's not necessary right but Virginia certainly was trying to put themselves in the game which I get but I appreciate Carolina stepping up and I know you've been high on Carolina this season so did they finally give you a little bit of what you thought you needed oh we'll get to them in a little bit (laughs) good stuff all right number four we got all right they slipped again with another loss uh and it wasn't the type of loss that I had them losing a lot last year and that's Virginia Tech they slipped okay uh, they they um, you know they started off ice cold against West Virginia. West West Virginia ran out to a double digit lead, 
But mm-hmm. Virginia Tech was very, very close to winning that game. Yeah. And so, right. <laughs> you know, another team, and we're getting to that point in the season where my power rankings are going to start to be influenced by quality of wins. And they have their win against UNC, and you'll see why I have that later, because I, their win against UNC already is starting to look good. So yeah. I have Virginia Tech as my number four. Solid pick because I think that the West Virginia game, I certainly thought that they were going to come back and eventually win it. And then you would honestly have to eat all of your words about Coach Fuente if they figured it out. Oh, because oh, yep. <laughs> because it's like, all right, we we've given this guy enough flack, but he's he's delivering. And I think Burmeister, he kind of showed up and he did the best he could, but we really did see that he has some limitations when it comes to his throwing game. So I I was pleasantly surprised with how they fought back, but definitely you know confirmed that they're just not where we we would like them to be all right number three all right so this is a team i don't feel like we talk about all that often and they're three and oh now it's wake forest okay let's go all right so wake forest uh demolished florida state and we'll get to florida state in our second segment um and i just you know they played solid football that and in the acc right now that's the best you can ask for. <laughs> like they don't make, they didn't make a ton of mistakes. I mean, I have to be honest. So I had my son's third birthday party this weekend and we were really busy. We we're trying to clean the house. Mm-hmm. I had the games on in the background as I'm running around trying to change things. I'm like, Oh, look at wake forest. I think he threw an interception right off the bat. And then I go and do something else. I rock back two plays later. Florida state gives up the laziest fumble I have ever seen. Like, like you, you, you expect a running back when they strip it to like tear it out. This guy like patted it out of his hands. And I was like, oh my gosh, Florida State is going to completely fall apart, which they did. And Wake Forest looked great. They look good. Sam Hartman looks like a good quarterback. They got some uh, some weapons on y- at wide receiver. Jaquari Robertson is great. Um, and so they're three and oh, and I, I, I have to give them the props. They look good. Yeah, Jasheen Davis, also another great one. But I think overall, Wake Forest is doing what they need to do, and that's why we have to kind of give them that extra look. Coach Clausen, you know, I always felt like they're middle of the road. But when you look at the ACC as a whole, like, okay, like it's, it's nothing to sleep on being three, you know, despite the fact that, you know, the first two games weren't exact, were pretty much gimmies. But playing against a Florida State team who needed that win, I figured they were going to come back and kind of dom- like at least dominate or show up better than they did. But maybe it says, more about Wake Forest and what they're trying to do this season. Yeah, I know. And, um, you know, we're, we'll talk a little bit more about FSU, but um, I liked, <laughs> I liked what I saw with, with Wake. I think they're, they're looking like a team that could be a, a real threat in the ACC Atlantic. For sure. Number two. All right. This is your, these are your boys. <laughs> UNC, they bounce right back up. And I had to, I mean, and, you know, you could look at Wake Forest, you could put them a higher than UNC, but they don't have any really big wins. They beat, you know, Florida State, who is, we'll get to it again in a second. But UNC, they go out there and they smack UVA, who I think is a good team. But, Candace, I'm going to flip this to you. Okay. Tell me about the UNC Tar Heels, because this looked like the team that I expected when I put them at number two to begin the season. And <laughs> you warned me that this team is. Uh, drastically inconsistent. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're seeing. But they looked good. That Josh Downs 
looked tremendous. He looked like he could be the best ACC wide receiver. Um, has has the Tar Heels figured things out, or is this just a one-week fluke? See, that's a great question, and I would hope that playing Georgia Tech, we can confirm that this is not a fluke because I think Georgia Tech has a little bit of confidence beating Clemson this past season. They feel like they can be in games, but more importantly, I think Carolina finally realized that it has to play a complete game, and we saw for the first time in a very long time that they could play four freaking quarters. The second half, you know, I figured it was going to be high flying. It was going to come down to the fourth quarter, typical Carolina, where they have to deliver, you know, with 10, not even 10, maybe six minutes left, and they might pull away, they might not. But I was fully expecting the second half to be a nail biter. And it really says something to me about who Carolina is now that they were able to just kind of dominate Virginia. And they took the heart, you know, the Virginia players calling them soft, and they really decided to step up. So I I feel like we're moving in the right direction. There are going to be a couple games where I still will have a nail biter, but I think beating Virginia, especially after last year when they, you know, Virginia had only won two games, but when you went up to Charlottesville, they gave them the work. So I think, you know, Carolina had that notch on their belt. So Yes, you should be confident in this team, <laughs> but don't be too confident because you will you will hurt your own feelings. So just have a nice like you did what you were supposed to do energy, I would say. All right. All right. So I, I wanted to get your perspective on that because, yeah, uh, you you know, this team better than I do. And I was just floored because this is exactly what I expecting UNC. But you warned me over and over again about this. So I'm not going to I'm not going to buy high on UNC yet. Not, not, not just yet, but we'll, we'll see. I'll tell you about after game six, if we can like really feel like we're going to the coastal division champ, we're going to be coastal division champions, but number one, I would love to hear, I think I'm pretty confident in who you got, but yeah, I want to hear still, your reasoning still, behind it. It's still Clemson. <laughs> uh, oh, how after and, last and, week, how, how? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm dressed just like the ACC. I'm inconsistent in my, um, evaluation of how I put a team out there because sure Clemson is two and one. Mm-hmm. So technically should Wake Forest be one because they're three and oh yeah, but you know, Clemson lost to Georgia and, but they also look like crap against Georgia tech. What is this Clemson team? Okay. Now, I, again, I, I am doing this to myself. I am going off of potential with Clemson because I have seen this story before with them where they start off with a mistake or they start off with the whoops and then they just turn on the meat grinder and just run rampant through the rest of the <laughs> ACC. Yeah, and yeah. it hasn't happened yet. They still look not like Clemson. I just see DJ Uyagagale and I just know what's going to come. I don't know who it's going to be against. I see that my Boston College Eagles in two weeks and go, oh, God, it's probably going to be us. (laughs) (laughs) But it's coming. And I just until they show me that they're actually having an off year, I'm not going to believe it. I can't. I just think it's got they got too much talent there. If they Dabo's gonna fig, figure it out, he's gonna get it going. You know, that's a fair assessment. I will say though, like Georgia Tech for me, like that's a big head scratcher. I think it, we have to factor in the big, like almost two hour delay. Like it's just hard yep. to try and get up for Georgia Tech. It's hard. That was already hard in and of itself. But then you got two hours, you gotta sit and wait around. I'm sure there was a lot of emotional factors into that game. But when I, you have uh 
Dabo Sweeney talking about how they weren't prepared. They were they were caught slipping in terms of what Georgia Tech was putting out there defensively. It made me feel like, uh, so are you trying to tell on your coordinators or are you trying to just say, like, give all kudos to Georgia Tech? Like, what are we really saying here? Because I feel like you should have a clear handle on, you know, gameplay going into the season. But they, he said they switched it up. So um, I'd be interested to see how that all plays out and if that's something that we might see in the future. I don't read too much into Dabo Sweeney's oh gosh, we play crappy <laughs> motif because he says the same thing when they win 62 to 7 because oh gosh, we let up a touchdown. Uh, sure. So, you know, I, I, I find he's, he's maybe he's a little bit more genuine on this one because they really did struggle. And I know Clemson fans were really gnashing their teeth after that game, but I don't know. I, I just see, I, you know, he's going to probably uh, do some real late night film sessions with Tony Elliott to fix that offense and figure out something <laughs> to get that going. No doubt. Well, we've got the back half of the rest of these teams here and we're going to remind you about them and how they'll fare throughout the season. After we talk about bet online, listen, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action, bet online is your online sports book experts. As always, it's your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests head to the website today or use your mobile device sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus from football basketball right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season please use promo code locked on that's betonline.ag so sitting here with AJ Black from Locked On Boston College, we do our power rankings on Wednesday after talking about the games on Monday and Tuesday with Kitten Gibbs and JJ Jackson. If you have not yet listened to those episodes, we've gone over week three and then on the back half, we'll have Wednesday, we'll have Thursday and Friday to go over week four. But we've got to talk about the teams that are still struggling here. And honestly, AJ, I figured you were going to have Duke in your top five. I'm a little bit confused because, listen, Battle of the Nerd Bowl, I was, I was waiting for it. But I would love to hear your nine through 14 who you got there so i before i get into that i have to talk about betonline.ag because please i put i put a four-way parlay this weekend um on a bunch of games and one of them was that duke game and i <laughs> i i messed up another leg of my parlay so it didn't really matter but that game completely screwed me up because i did not have i figured northwestern was gonna smoke them and Duke did Duke, you know, so listen, that's a, I'm, I'm listen, Northwestern is not that good, but I, I feel you when you say you thought Duke was not going to show up. So I totally understand. I'm not used to Northwestern not being good because the media was pumping uh, Pat Fitzgerald's tires for the entire off season about how great of a coach he is and that he's going to take over at USC or Michigan. And now he's out there losing to Duke. Yeah, warning you on that one. He is not going to be an answer at a big school, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, so number 10, speaking of coaches, I'm not big fans of Pitt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a week after Pitt gets the ACC out of the dregs of SEC uh, playing superior football by beating Tennessee, they go out and they lay a giant egg against Western Michigan, letting up 44 points. Pitt, what are you doing? Like, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> like that just when I believe rough. in this squad, when I'm like, maybe Pat Narduzzi isn't as bad as I think he is, and or that I I, I compare him to Steve Adazio on my my show all the time. Maybe I'm being a little bit mean on that, but I don't think so. He goes out and he does this, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm back to square one with him, and. 
they let up 44 points. They, they, you know, the offense was able to move, but it's Western Michigan. Yeah. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think they played down to Western Michigan and it's honestly disappointing because of the great game that Kenny Pickett had. He almost had over 400 yards by himself. He carried that team. He set records and it's just, you got to help your quarterback out. He's doing everything he can defensively. We've talked so great about them and yet they are really caught sleep at the wheel. And we talk about Narduzzi being the defensive minded coach. You can't lose to Western Michigan, especially when you were starting to be top of the coastal conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So he, they're at number 10, they slipped. Okay. And um, some of these teams in my bottom actually won this week, but I'll explain why I keep them down there. Number <laughs> 11 is Miami. Um, and I, I, there, you know, you know, when I set, started this off, I said I had readjusted my power rankings a bunch. They were one team that I was like, yeah, they're actually worse than, them. nope, nope, going down more, going down more. <laughs> okay. Can't put them above them. So they're at 11. Um, so they've, to be fair to Miami, they have had a pretty tough schedule. Obviously, you start the season off with Alabama. Appalachian State's good. You know, they're a good, mm-hmm. good mid-level program. And then you play Michigan State. That being said, you can excuse losing to Alabama and getting smoked. You can excuse sort of barely beating Appalachian State. Oh, my gosh, that Michigan State game, they got run out of town and the U is not back. The U is not not back. The U is not back. Um, You know, they just don't look, I don't think they're going to contend in the ACC coastal, but you know, watch them go rip off like three straight wins and get right back in it. Um, I just, right now, I just don't see it. And I don't know how they got to, they got to turn it around before that program falls apart. Yeah, not only is the U not back, but Manny Diaz needs to be like getting a little uncomfortable in his chair because I said it on Tuesday's show. Please go listen to it. I think that people just kind of have to let it go a little bit with these teams and their brands and the greatness. Like we, JJ was mentioning how like a Nebraska, everyone hears about how great Nebraska was. And like my dad growing up was telling me about like Oklahoma and like the running backs and all this great stuff, having black quarterbacks, all those good things. But it's like now, not even close. We don't have the same conversations. Of course, you know, Oklahoma clearly better than Nebraska, but still sometimes you just have to just hold on to those memories and that's what you got going for you. Miami, right. Miami that's all they're going to do is be a great 80s, early 90s team. Right, exactly. You bring up Nebraska and it's a good point because, you know, you hear about, you know, Scott Frost is on the hot seat over there and who's some of the names that they throw out. One of them is Jeff Halfley and I'm like, Jeff Halfley wouldn't leave Boston College for Nebraska. I don't care what history Nebraska has. Right. He, he sees the writing on the wall over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, their fans may think, or their fans probably would th- look down on him, but like, I don't think he would leave. I don't think he would leave to go to Nebraska because that program, A, has, as you just said, like their their expectations are so high. They're they're living in the past, and that's where the U is right now. They haven't they haven't been able to build a program since the early, like the late nineties, and they haven't been relevant for a while. And it's time's ticking, and you know programs move on exactly and i think you know speaking to coach halfley he's built he's building something great at boston college to the point where i think the relevancy of boston college is going to come around again for the atlantic division so he would be not wise to try and leave and they love him like i think everyone's really buying into and when phil comes back next season i think it's going to be really special for sure okay who you got next all right we're talking winners now 
I put Syracuse <laughs> at number 12. Okay. Okay. Um, I understand. <laughs> um, I, I follow a lot, you know, there are our, our rivals. I follow a lot of their writers and some of their sure. fans and bloggers that I've known over the years. And they are acting like this was like the biggest win of their life. And it's Albany. <laughs> Relax. Uh, Sean Tucker looked good. He ran for four touchdowns. Maybe Syracuse has figured something out, but I cannot give it to them against beating an FCS squad. I didn't put BC on our top five, bottom five, because they were like wedged in the middle because they haven't beaten anyone either. But Syracuse this week plays Liberty. And I think that'll be a much better barometer. If this team has actually figured it out, like Syracuse faithful think they have, or if last week was just kind of a fluke because you played Albany. So I have them at number uh, 12. Okay. I can do that. I can do that. I think Albany was a strong win, but it was, it was a supposed to win with ACC. You just never know these days that some supposed to wins don't happen. So I definitely hear that. And then we got what two left, two left. What we got going. Yeah. Duke. I just, I don't know. I I can't get them out of my basement. (laughs) But Northwestern was a good win. Higher than that. They should. I mean, I probably should have put them higher than Miami because I mean, but I don't know. Again, like you're, you're weighing all these different things. Like Duke did beat Northwestern. So that's good. Um, But they almost blew it too. They came out to a huge lead and Northwestern rallied hard again. I want to see Duke play some ACC teams. I want to see what they, what they do. Cause I think they could be interesting. I think when Duke plays Pitt, that'll be my like litmus test of how good the coastal or how bad the coastal is, because I feel like that game is always up and down in the air. So that's the one that I have personally circled on my calendar, but who's the worst team. Cause I mean, if it ain't Syracuse and Duke, who you got? I got Florida state. <laughs> <laughs> Um, checked on Drizzy, have you checked on Drizzy Drake lately? Because I'm feeling for him right now. Honestly, he hasn't. He did not text me last week, so I feel like he's absolutely over. He's he is on Twitter. He is not even calling Mike Norvell Mike Norvell. It's Michael. So I feel like it's very strong when you have to give the full government. So I'm feeling like he is just <laughs> super over. I think he's probably pulled his money from Florida State. You know, he was all about donating and being a all that good stuff. I think he's like, listen, I'm not giving another dollar until they come out with a decent win. But understandably so because you shouldn't lose you shouldn't lose Jacksonville State but then Wake Forest is just one of those like even like like Taggart didn't have these like one-offs that were just wild like he he of course lost but these are insane six turnovers in this game for Florida State yeah like you're not gonna win you're not gonna beat you know Syracuse if you turn the ball over six times (laughs) they they're You know, I, I don't know. I thought Mike Norvell was going to figure it out this season. And hey, it's only three games, it's all, but it's a quarter of the season, right? Like yeah. they're a quarter of the way through their year and they look as completely lost as they did last year when they look terrible. So I, you know, they have some talent there. And I keep going back to that. They, they just don't have the culture right now. It just doesn't seem like the guys are buying in. They seem like they're kind of half in and out there and going through the motions. And it looked, I, you know, I, I thought Novell had the locker room, but maybe he doesn't. And that if he loses that locker room, you know, are we looking at another Florida state coaching search? Because what's that like three and five years? 
Yeah, for sure. You know, I really hate that for guys like Jermaine Johnson, the second who had, you know, phenomenal opening games against Notre Dame, but it's been like downhill ever since. And then even watching Wake Forest game, a lot of there's no you know superstars who stood out. And you mentioned the six turnovers. I think it's a mental thing. At some point, it's not about the X's and O's. It's about do you want to step up and show up for your team? And we could, again, talk about brands all day long. But if that Seminoles energy doesn't, you know, resonate with you, it's not going to show up on the field. And I think right now it's absolutely not. I don't care how many, how many fans you got rooting for you. If you don't feel it, if you don't love, have love for school and want to step up and play better for at least for yourself, then I know you ain't going to step up for the coach. Right. Exactly. You know, it's an execution thing. It's, um, you know, I, I go back to listening to Halfley talk and, and he talks about the players love each other and it sounds kind of corny, but they do like they buy in and that buy in, turns into X's and O's on the field. Like if you bring that culture from the locker room onto the field, you'll see better results. And I don't know what's going on in their locker room. It just seems sloppy. So it, it, it seems to me that everyone's head's in a different direction. No doubt. Well, I want to hear what your favorite game of the weekend was, but more importantly, eyes on week four. Who do you think is going to rise or fall in the ranks even further? But first, I'm going to tell you about this week's limited time flavor of cookie dough chunk, and that is with Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. I want you guys to know that we get these packs, and I'm telling you, I buy them myself. They're good. They're excellent. They are, most of the flavors are 17 to 18 grams of protein, just 130 to 180 calories all covered in chocolate so delicious and they are healthy for you too not only are built bar flavors best tasting but i'm telling you if you want to get that four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs you've got to try these nine amazing flavors all tasty all healthy you can even get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine before the day ends, make sure you go to buildbar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, LOCK15 for 15% off at buildbar.com. Once you're there and you have got your snacks and you're ready to go, you are going to dial in with prize picks. It is a daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, offers more college football props than anyone in the world, and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-majors that you might not even have ever heard of. You pick two of the five and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Wrapping up the show here with AJ Black from Locked On Boston College. Make sure you guys tune in to him every single day on the All Good Things Conference News, especially about those Eagles. We'll love to hear your favorite game of the weekend and maybe some thoughts as you head into week four. Um, so, I mean, in terms of an ACC game, my favorite game had to be the Clemson-Georgia Tech game. I mean, mm. in terms of, like, it wasn't the, like, cleanest game because there was just sloppy all over the place. And you had that two hour delay, but there was a battle and you know, anytime that Clemson is put on the ropes, you got my attention. Just, just, and, and, you know, the David versus Goliath thing always catches me. Like if at any team that's under, you know, I remember when Appalachian state beat Michigan many moons ago and you know, those types of games 
fascinate me. I love seeing that happen. And so when Georgia Tech had them going and I was like, ooh, they're like right in this. They, they could mm-hmm. do it. And they got right to the goal line. That's like edge of your seat. Like you want to see what happens and you're like, oh, are they going to do it? And then it's like, oh, no, they didn't because, you know, Brad Venables is great and that defense stood up. But then they had the safety and all that other stuff. Whew, it was a, it was a, it was a, a very interesting game and it was well worth the watch. And I'm looking forward to see what NC state can do against Clemson this week. I think that's going to be a really interesting game. Absolutely. I think that overall, I'm just, I want a good week for ACC, like week four, I would just love strong performances from everybody, close matchups, but still victories. Like, I think it's just a matter of, can we stop being the like low key laughing topic of the power five? I'm like, okay, I know you guys are hating throwing shade, but like, let's look at the pack 12. Okay. Don't play with us. Like <laughs> big yep. 12 isn't that great either. Like, please relax. We're not the awful, but I think you're the ugly stepchild to the SEC and the big 10 is just unfortunate but we do have some quality players out of this yeah i mean hey if you're if you're looking for a game this weekend to watch sec versus acc bc is playing an sec school for the first time since 2008 um when they played vanderbilt in the music city bowl Uh, missouri's coming to town and eli drinkowitz is already talking crap i was just about to say Like he doesn't understand why they're playing Boston college. So I hope Jeff Halfley and, and uh, Dennis Grossell ram the ball down their throat for 35 plus points, because (laughs) that's what the ACC needs out of this game. They need BC to go out there and smash them in the face and then get that win because it's the, the wins from the ACC over the SEC haven't been coming this year and we're starting to run out of opportunities for sure. And then for him to sit here and say, like, I don't know the last time I've recruited a guy from Massachusetts. I'm like, that's really shady. And so I really hope that the guys in the locker room, they hung that in the poster and they like, let him have it when the so, game comes. So funny, funny story. And I, I want to give credit Please. to Tyler Calvaruso of two, four, seven sports who said that drew Kendall, who came from uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, son of Pete Kendall, who also played in the NFL. Uh, it, he committed to Boston college. He is from Massachusetts and would have been the highest rated recruit on Missouri. So funny mm. that he mentions that no one comes from Massachusetts. Maybe if you could recruit a little better, you could, you know, get guys from the base state. Oop, okay. Come on, Shay. We love to give some TV. <laughs> That's what I like to see. Okay. I can't wait for this. I'm going to circle that one on my list of watches for the weekend. AJ, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. I'm a little bit more subdued. I use, however, my <laughs> Locked On BC to let this kind of hang out. So if you want to check me out on Locked On BC on Twitter, I'm also the host. I do this five days a week. I'm going to be on with Locked On Mizzou later on tonight. So if you want to check that out tomorrow, I should have some interesting things to say to them. And then <laughs> um, you can check me out at bcbulletin.com uh, as well. No doubt. Well, betting on any of your favorite teams around the conference doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, daily picks, blah, specials, wrong team favorite picks, Lee Sterling's lock of the day. That is what you can find on that podcast. Follow Locked on Bets wherever you get podcasts brought to you by betonline.ag for Candace Cooper and AJ Black. We hope you guys have a great rest of your day. We look forward to Thursday's episode where we'll look ahead at week four and we'll talk with Tyler Aki from Locked On Syracuse. Until next time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 